months ago. Since Literally. This, since this is the vacation edition, I think instead of the loose concept theme song, I'm just gonna do use rock, yacht rock instead. He came from somewhere back in how long ago. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to a very special vacation edition of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight from across the internet, the one and only Sean Mackey. Thank you. That didn't yeah, sound was, exciting. Dude, I don't... Give it a little I'm more on vacation. Yeah. I don't have, I'm too busy relaxing. I don't have time to come up with extraneous titles for people. You know? I was not creative at all. I, I, I think I'm going to leave this podcast. It was in my contract. <laughs> Maybe we should have walk-up songs. <laughs> Maybe. For baseball. Maybe. Walk-up songs. Yeah, I love it. No, you can fire me. It's okay. You you probably uh, used too many of them last uh, podcast. should have saved one. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, you guys started, started hating on them, so... They weren't good we don't enough, hate it. So. It's just when you use three or four of them, it's like we're overwhelmed. It's like eating the whole birthday cake instead of just having one piece <laughs> at a time, you know? That's the idea is that they're, they're overwhelming. It's an overwhelming amount of contact. content. Also joining us from across the internet, he's already made himself known, our other esteemed co-host, the one and only Dan Ru- Rudy whoop, Rudolph. Whoop. Dan, whoop, whoop, whoop. the man of many names. What's up? What's up, boys? Good to see you again. So many uh, names, it's confusing. Yeah, too many names. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this great movie that's timely. You are on the uh, the opposite of vacation. You're on a business trip right now? Business trip. It's closing deals. I've just been closing deals all day. <laughs> the, vibe <laughs> is, my co- the vibe is not as ideal as vacation scene. Not bro. as ideal. I was in my car for about eight hours. You got a nice, uh, some nice art on the the motel room wall behind yeah. you, though. It's a Rorschach. I think it's uh, to keep you awake at night so you can't <laughs> sleep. Looking good, looking good. Also joining us, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we got special guests on the line. What? You've heard his voice before. This is his first time making a recurring appearance on this podcast. The one and only Nick Jarrett. I was going to say, this is the second for both of us, right? Well, we haven't announced Whoa. the other special oh. guest. So he's, oh, the, he's the featured guest. You're just the bonus <laughs> Oh, <guest>. okay. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, it's good. Thanks for joining us again. You got it. Also joining us, another recurring guest, another friend of the pod, the one and only Micah Smith. Micah. Hello. Happy to be here. Excited to be uh have a planned appearance, you know. Planned, planned, Unlike the last appearance. time I watched the movie before the podcast, so we're already, you know, trending better than the last time. <laughs> Give you a chance to get your thoughts in order. We're just thrown in there like Hattie. <laughs> like Hattie, yeah. <laughs> Love it. There we go. What do we what do we want to discuss here? What's do we have any news headlines? I haven't even I've been like so off the AMC AMC agreed to uh, shorten the theatrical runtime before movies are released online. So there's that big like oh, debate over like some news. it was like basically it used to be a movie would be in theaters and there'd be like a 75 day block before it could be released online and now they're really shortening that I want to say it's like 25 days or 17 days something days. like that where it's it's a lot it's a lot more truncated so they can capture that that um, Look at online. This guy. 
sooner. Business guy using words words like truncated on a truncated. podcast, on a movie podcast. So wait, I was unaware. Was there's there was an actual l- limit? Apparently, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that until Micah said it just now. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that it was just that's how long it took to make the DVD. <laughs> I was under that impression that's too. Where they're as a, at. They're as in the kid. factory. No, I, I think I think there's a basically there's dispute because movie theaters like the longer runtime because it forces people to have to come to the theater to see it earlier. True. Whereas the the studio that's releasing it doesn't like doing that because they have to do essentially two marketing campaigns of like, oh, come see it in theater. Oh, come buy was it Was that a long-term deal or was that just temporary? I think that was just between... Universal and I think AMC. it was just between AMC. Yeah, so I think it was a, like a limited deal, but I'm curious to see if that kind of yeah. passes through to other other ones. But Well, as we established on last week's episode, we don't really know enough about the movie industry <laughs> have a podcast about the movie uh, industry but i knew here we that. are so i mean i'm not gonna complain if i like i just think my main concern would be that they cut the movie theaters out altogether as a big fan of movie theaters in general I'm not trying mm. to just have everything i think once they switch everything to online there will just be not enough people that are movie theater fans for there to even be yeah. movie theaters anymore. Well, I saw a part of the deal too is that I believe AMC is now going to capture some of the online like video on demand money, so it's almost like a a joint venture type uh, deal where they're like, "All right, we'll give you this, but we also want a piece of the pie too." So now you scratch our back. Yeah, we'll maybe there maybe it's a little bit more like alignment between the two goals of the movie studio versus the movie theater. Maybe that's what the movie theater needs to to kind of survive, survive long term, yeah. You know what the movie theater needs? Some sort of way that you could pay a small monthly fee and be able to see as many movies <laughs> as you want. Almost like a like a pass of some yeah. some, some sort. sort of pass yeah, that film allows you to see pass. movies. We've had this movies. idea before. We just haven't. Uh, I forget what the uh, official name like, came from. You could use a credit pass. card as a payment system. Yep. That, yeah, you know, could just load like it off. Yeah, could just load the exact amount on the card. If we don't, if we don't, if we don't move on this quick, someone else will. So, guys, we should. We we'll take this discussion off. Yeah, the we'll pod. have to cut this part out though. This for is intellectual is property. This is proprietary content. Um, what about Tenant? Good news about Tenant. Still no release date. Where is there a release well, Sean, date? Sean had some news, right? You yeah, it tenet. is opening internationally on August 26th, um, and then uh, doing a, a select U.S. city run um, starting over Labor Day. I do know they call that domestically. And domestic, when it opens like a, in the United States, that's the domestic opening. See? This is true. Big movie biz guy right here. Do we, do we have any, like... Is, we have the list of locations where it's going to be released, and there, is there a central location? They where haven't we released the U.S. cities. Fly. I think they're going to probably push that, you know, announcing that until closer to the date. I'm kind of surprised they're doing that, honestly. I thought they'd, at this point, they'd just hold it off. Like, you think you wouldn't, you'd want to wait till you could do a wide release. He's going to end COVID through a movie. <laughs> that December 22nd, 2021 release date was sitting there for him. The 12 21 I think Palindrome. you just have to come out with it eventually because you you spent so much money on marketing. Like you just yeah. have to you just have to get it, pull the bandaid off. Yeah. I still think it would Maybe it would do it well Maybe internationally. They're not opening China yet though, which is the second largest uh, movie theater 
business uh, market. I would almost think by holding, holding, speaking as a marketing professional myself, I would almost think that holding on to it would build and increase the hype for the movie and not decrease it. Like, this... I, well, maybe this is just me speaking personally. Has only increased my desire to see this movie. Mm. The delay, <laughs> you know, it's like investing. Yeah, I just think the demand's not like going away for it. So why? And like, the demand for the movie itself isn't going away, but the the people going to the theater is still in question. So I imagine if it was me, I would just hold off until you could have everyone that wants to go see it would go see it. Yeah. Or I would just do video on demand and just like go for the record of largest video on demand movie ever. I mean, it's a special. It's more of like a selfish thing, honestly, because it gives us like a solid, you know, six minutes of podcast content every week. Yeah. Every what are they time. doing now? <laughs> if, if, we keep, if it keeps getting delayed, that's just more content, you know. Nolan's a secret listener. He's helping us out. No, we've established Nolan's, Nolan's a fan of the pod. He just we just haven't gotten the <laughs> scheduling quite right for him to come on. Yeah, yet. he keep it's his people. He keeps rescheduling. Are we are we gonna do a uh, constructive criticism segment or do we get that cut out because we've already been on the podcast? And you guys have both already done one, but seeing as how this is an episode with a guest and you're asking for one, we you can... should criticize us. Guess hold up. <laughs> I don't know. I was about that. Say, Michael was Michael was a little too eager to uh, provide criticism. I don't know if we really want to hear his criticism. I'm just saying, as a recurring guest, I'm still. I don't know if you need to tighten up your logistics or figure out the back office or something. I still haven't gotten my check for my first appearance. Ooh. So, Sean, that's on you. Uh, I think maybe that's something you, you want to take a, a look at. You know, maybe that's right? why Christopher Nolan hasn't gotten on because he's heard some payment issues yeah. and you know, just something we might yeah. want to tighten up. That's on, the, that's on the interns. Yeah, it really is Our the interns. PR is not good. Speaking of the interns, I'd just like to apologize to all the listeners for the delay on uh, this week's episode. The interns are really slacking yeah. off. <laughs> I had to lay down the law. Guys. Give give them a week's paid vacation. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when I leave to go on vacation. The late, interns late summer vibes. hang out in the office. and They just hang out in the office and do nothing. They're like, dude, we're doing you know <laughs> Friday hours and stuff. So. Do they have casual Friday? Do we give them that? We give the interns casual yeah. Friday. But no. we might have to take it away after this week. We might have to take it away. <laughs> Things might have been getting too casual. Casual Friday is a privilege, not a right. Well, Nick came up with the trailer. If we want to if you want to if you'd like to die, if you'd like to analyze it. Let's go. What's it what's what's the trailer? It's 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 going to be uh, funky, isn't it? <laughs> it's It's got the funk. Sky? It's got the fuck. Um, what's uh, Sky Shark? I've li- I literally know nothing about this movie other than I just look, I just searched news and I came up and I'm like, this looks interesting. I started watching it and I could think, oh, I could just think of Elijah the whole time. <laughs> it's totally the kind of Sky movie. Sky Shark. I don't know. Just take a minute. Right. Looking it up. I th- what is it called? I think Sky I get a bad Shark? rap for my movie taste. I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding. I don't just Dude. like Sky Shark. I don't know if Bro, it was you, like you an asylum. I don't. I, I don't. I. I didn't look up. I didn't have time to look up anything about this movie. I at first I thought it was like an asylum. I'm getting getting I'm images getting, of the Douglas A2D wait, Sky Shark I'm, on Wikipedia. I, don't I think this is a Sky Shark a lot of movie. It's an American turboprop powered attack aircraft. 2020. I, don't, I It almost looked like an asylum. Sky films. Sharks. It's two different. Oh yeah. It's two words. Almost From looked like 2017. An 
films. I don't see a trailer. 2018? Yeah, that's it. Or wait. Um, yeah, it must be an old movie. Oh, maybe then. it's old. Maybe it's older. I'm sorry. Why does it say... Nah, come There's on, an entry dude. for 2021 on Why here. What the heck? I, mean, I got it. It was released today. I don't know. Flying I, I Shark know. Horror. That looks like a video game. It does. It's got Nazis in it. I don't even know. <laughs> and then flying robot sharks in the sky. Bro. But why? <laughs> oh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> that actor who's really, like, crazy? Gary Busey? Gary Busey. That's what I thought. Is he in this? <laughs> I think so. I think he's that guy. You literally haven't even seen the craziest stuff. This looks like a video game. Guys. I don't know. Let's do the new, uh... <laughs> the new Batman. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, it is this one. It's this Sky Sharks 2020. Is this the trailer? This looks like a fun video game. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a trailer. It says 2017, but the IMDb entry is for 2020. They finally mustered the guts to, we gotta release something. Yeah, this... <laughs> Uh, this is this is too much time. We'll have to save this for an episode. This is not it. This is not the same. Research. This is not the same thing. But I don't. <laughs> but this seems basically to... what we've learned is that there's multiple Sky Sharks movies, <laughs> <laughs> which is the real story here. <laughs> it's quite the transition too from Tenet to this. Let's just skip it. Well, should we get in the movie, the feature film of the week? I think it's about that Let's time. Do it. It's about that time. Micah, as our guest, we'll let you do the honors. What movie will be will we be discussing this week on Loose Concept? Moneyball. I need more money. We're a small market team. Fine players with the money that we do have. There's a championship team that we can afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We're going to shake things up. You don't put a team together with a computer. Billy Bean has tried to reinvent a system that's been working for years. I say it's just getting started. What is happening in Oakland? It defies everything we know about baseball. It's all cutting out, right? Yeah. It's B-roll. Yeah. I might use yeah. some of it. I might not use some of it. That's, that's the risk with this. You never know what's in or out. <laughs> you, you know, nobody's safe. You want me to send the podcast to your lawyer beforehand? <laughs> I was saying Elijah, though, that's a good, it's a good strategy because it makes the listener feel like they're on the inside, like they're getting the true, yeah. the true experience. They are getting the true experience. This will get cut out, so it's fine. Yeah. So Moneyball. This is a movie about Brad Pitt. Well, it, <laughs> it's not really about Brad Pitt. That's perfect. Brad Beans. Bradley Beans. This is a movie starring Brad Pitt about uh, the the decisions made by Oakland Athletics manager, general manager, general manager, general manager, GM. Billy Bean, leading up to the Athletics. Uh, Win streak, famous win streak in the year 2002? 2002. Why are you laughing, Rudy? What's so funny? It's like, do you know what this movie's about? <laughs> I swear I watched this movie. Dog, I'm on vacation. This is just like maximum relaxation vibes. 
The Loosest Podcast. So, Micah, this episode was supposed to feature you alone, and then we realized it was going to line up with vacation, and Nick, as our brother-in-law, was going to be on vacation with us, and knowing how much Nick liked baseball, I invited him to be on the, the show as well. But So we're going we're gonna to lead off with you, Micah. First and foremost, what was the? why did you pick this movie? Of all the movies in the world, all the movies on the internet, why was Moneyball the one that you chose to uh, dive in deeper on, on Loose Concept? Um, I think there's a bunch of stuff. I don't want to get too far into the categories and the future topics yet, but I think at a high level, I think it's a really good movie. Obviously, it was you know nominated for awards, um, but it's also like a little bit off the beaten path. It's not you know, a regular popcorn movie. There's no, nothing blows up in this. You know, there's no, unfortunately, no one one dies. We'll get to that later. It's really, it's a movie where there's a lot of just sitting around talking. And yet I found myself watching it being really interested the whole time. And I think it's, it's just a really well-made movie. We'll get into, get into why I like it so much later though. Oh, okay. Tease. Look at this guy. He's teasing and everything. Give him the podcast. Give him the reins. Well, we start off always with best and worst. So we'll go there first. And Mike, as our guest, you get to say what you liked best about Moneyball. Hmm. Best part about the movie. Best part about the movie. Can be anything. Can be an actor. Can be a scene. Can be a moment, can be a pair of sunglasses worn by Jeremy Renner at the end of the first <laughs> Avengers movie. I think what I find to be the best, there's a lot of things I like about this movie, but the best part is really almost the message of the movie of, mm. of challenging the status quo, of thinking differently, of thinking how do we do something better rather than how we've always done it. I think there's a, a degree of the underdog and, and you know, doing something against the odds, even looking at, at guys that failed at other things or maybe aren't your prototypical, you know, baseball guys. This guy's a, a fat nerd or this guy's yeah. a, a, you know, a failed player. Like, what does he know? <laughs> like, I think that, you know, it's kind of a, it's a neat message to think about things differently, approach problems differently, really think about, you know, the new way to do it rather than the way it's always been done and to really kind of dive into you know, using math, using numbers, using logic to solve message. problems. Yeah, the exactly. Of the movie. exactly. That was not a tactical response, but I appreciate that it was one one single thing. It's not about tactical. The movie. I thought that was pretty good. It was good. It was all right. We'll work on it. <laughs> she did some practice runs. Nick, as our secondary guest, what what do you think is the best part about this movie? My noted baseball guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because I'm a baseball guy that it, this is my favorite part. I think my favorite part was the conference calls where they're making the trades. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I just part of it is those those scenes are just so well scripted. Um, you know, it's 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 really quick, it's tight, and, and and part of it is I just especially that second scene when. Um, Jonah Hill's like wearing an athletics cap, and then he like he gets his moment on the call, and he does that the little fist slow pump. fist pump. <laughs> also, love yeah. I mean, since I follow baseball, you know, I always wonder what those scenes are like when general managers are making those trades, and I love that they, yeah. you know, they they try to do that there. Um, Get the impression that's the actual vibe, but that's actually how it works. 
They don't even know the guy's name. Anderson, yeah. Peterson, <laughs> Michaelson. They don't even know who he is. <laughs> they they talk a little bit about. Well, you don't I mean, know maybe this would be something. I I don't know if anybody else has read the book. I have read the book, so I, I don't want to yeah. sound like a know it all. You have read the book? Yeah, I read the book. But like they Take talk that. a little bit about that in the book, how general managers and they kind of have a weird relationship, how they're trying to like they're friends, but they're also trying to like screw each other over at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Word. Sean, best part of the movie? I'd have to ride on uh, Micah's coattails of um, <laughs> Billy Bean. Yeah. Just uh, flipping the table oh, of uh, baseball. Um, I just loved... That was mine, Sean. I just loved how he <laughs> was a trailblazer and like what just like cut the crap of what baseball a lot is, which is like these backdoor you know, just bros hanging out saying, oh, yeah, this guy's got a beautiful swing. <laughs> oh, that guy, he doesn't have a, you know, a good face on him or, uh, you know, his girlfriend's kind of like all that crap. He's Fabio. <laughs> I guarantee still happens. The um, the pinnacle of the movie is when sort of they go all in on, um, you know, trading Pena and stuff. So I thought it, it, it was similar to real life when Sam Henke had to, kind of give up the reins because the owner kind of pushed him out and I thought it was awesome seeing uh, Billy Bean be able to push through and have an owner that believed in him yeah we'll uh, we'll have to get into some uh, Sixers talk later unfortunately because <laughs> there are many parallels to be drawn and I know Rudy loves it when we do that but we're going to have to make an exception for this movie but Rudy mm. what was the best part for you best part of yeah, Moneyball Sean kind of took mine um, so I'll make a, a little bit of an adjustment. The romance of baseball. The romance the of baseball. Romance. Okay. Sp- specifically, the Ricardo Rincon to get trade scene. Like they didn't really go into it like that much. But basically, what happened was the Athletics are playing the Indians. Okay. <laughs> and just before the game begins, Billy Bean works out a trade for the Indians for one of their relief pitchers, Ricardo Rincon. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So Rincon, what he does is he gathers his stuff from his locker on the away dugout in the away clubhouse, and he goes across the field <laughs> and goes into the athletics clubhouse and becomes an athletic right there. And Did it's that like, actually happen? That actually happened in real life. Why didn't they have that and scene in it's there? It's just crazy. Baseball's full of weird... I know. That should be... Well, is that a little foreshadowing? That should, <laughs> but, you know, baseball's full of, like, weird little things quirky stories and it's just it's a storyteller's game and Ooh, this is a great movie for that mm, love it love it nice nice clear concise answer i love when fans sell baseball to me it sells itself bro it sells itself well my best best part i was like going back and forth between a couple things so i'm not gonna be <laughs> keep it tactical myself but uh Obviously, I feel like the best part of this movie is Brad Pitt, right? Right off the bat. I mean, yeah, he's the star. We all let you have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just just letting that one come to me. It's Brad Pitt, but then if I was gonna go like niche, get real like you know, in inside baseball on it, I think a very underrated thing about this movie that is also the best is the casting of young Brad Pitt. That guy looks just yes. like a young Brad Pitt. Ooh, really good, really good <laughs> casting of a, a younger character. Really? Rather than going the, I the CGI that. route, he has like the same facial structure. I disagree. 
Really? I, I agree. If he didn't have Bean on the back, I'd be like, who is this kid? Not at all. Not at all. The, there's one scene where he's, like, looking down, and they're shooting him from, like, sort of a side angle, and it looks just like Brad Pitt. See, I was going to say, I think if you see what Billy Bean looked like when he was that age, it's a pretty good cast, and I don't know if they did that before they brought in Brad Pitt. Uh, I think it's plausible enough, but I don't know if I agree great. that it's... Really? No. Rudy, back me up here. I'm on you, Elijah. I think I, that was one of the things I noticed. Huh. He looks like Brad Pitt. Weird that looks we like young that. Brad Pitt. I was going to say for my recast, the role is recast CGI Brad Pitt. <laughs> no. CGI, CGI like, de-aging is is garbage. We might get there like 40 years down the road from now, but we are not there yet. And we definitely weren't there in 2011, 2011 when this um, movie came out. Fine. That well, <laughs> go whatever. Ahead, go ahead. You ha- we got to keep this it. we got to keep this podcast moving. We're getting too bogged down in the weeds in the mire. <laughs> I like to move fast and quick, shoot from the hip. You know what? You don't get to control what my best part of the movie is. <laughs> and for true. me, the best part of the movie was the casting of the young Brad Pitt. I don't know whoever that guy was, but just hold on there, buddy. In a couple of years, you're going to look just like Brad Pitt. So he's <laughs> right. Got, he's got that going for him. It's been nine years. Do you think he uses that? He might look just like Brad Pitt right now. Look him up. He might. I'm on it. I don't know if you know this, but I played a young Brad Pitt. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, in every time when they've had to do a young, played a young actor version of someone, like I'm sending you a picture of Reed Thompson. Is this is this the young, guy that plays young 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 BP? Spitting yeah, image. Did he do anything? Yeah, actually? come on. Something even better. Okay, I see it come a little on bit. Now. It's fine. It's fine. You just don't want to admit you're wrong. Whatever. It might just be the buzz yeah. cut. In the it's movie. the the face. It's are, something about the chin, Yeah, the eyes. Yeah. The whole thing. Right. Whatever. We got to get on to the yeah. next thing. Let's let's move on to the worst thought, the flip side of the coin. Worst thing about the movie. Worst part of the movie, and I, we're probably there's probably gonna be multiple people that have the same worst, but uh, the daughter. <laughs> Super <laughs> annoying. <laughs> the song at the end where she's singing yeah. some random song or whatever, and she's just so calling bad. her dad a loser. It's like, what are we doing here? You know. <laughs> this so bad. This sucks. <laughs> the only bad part. Yeah. Really the worst the worst I mean, bad part. We've yeah. we've like touched on this a bunch of times before though, right? Like it's hard to cast <laughs> an actor of that age. Yeah. Just like that preteen slash early teens actor age, like they're just all terrible. Except for the kid that's in Hunt I for the Wilder. They're people. all terrible. <laughs> Maybe they should have cast him <laughs> as Billy Bean's as daughter. daughter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> anyway, that's my worst. Rudy? Yeah, uh so my worst is uh the bitter truth. The, f- the fact that this movie was true to form and that the Yankees are the bad guys <laughs> because they have a lot of money. And I'm a Yankees fan. Couldn't help that. But I'm a proud Yankees fan. And they do have and a lot of money. Kind of, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like being, you know, Bill Gates' son. You know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? My dad's the richest guy in the world. Like, <laughs> it's not my fault. And also, the truth of the fact of, like, sabermetrics and all of that like that the nerds win it's just like i I don't want the nerds to win i want i want it to be you know i want the guy who says that guy's got great hair he's gonna make it in the pros i want him to be right noted anti-analytics guy it just sucks i'm not anti-analytics like i just i'm pissed that it that it works i wish it didn't work (laughs) the boomer of the pod see the the joke now is becoming that like it's 
it's not just nerds it's former players like learn the analytics and now they get the manager roles and so like the joke has become that like it used to be that you know jock should be nice to nerds because you'll work for one and like david cameron from fancraft's jokes is like well now the now the jocks are becoming the nerds it's not fair (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what you see with some of these there's nothing for the nerds to do anymore (laughs) i mean that's not entirely true but Okay, so we, good. We got that on record as Rudy is anti, anti science and facts and math. math. No, don't say that. <laughs> it's not big anti denier. That's not what it is. Sean, worst part about the movie? I gotta go. I literally have written down the girl song at the end. <laughs> I, just, I felt like it deflated the last thirty minutes of the movie, where I was getting the romanticism of baseball, and then that song just made me shut off the credits. <laughs> It had nothing to do with like it had nothing to do like they went to the scene where he's like talking he's like basically spelling out the whole sabermetrics wave and how like oh this is new like the, like the the guy at the Red Sox is like every team's going to be doing this and this is all this basically saying this whole movie is about sabermetrics and the story of sabermetrics and then it goes to the stupid scene with this girl singing to her dad it's like the worst part of the movie. Like, why would you end the movie on the worst part of the movie? I have no idea what that play was. Perfect pitch. It was awful. I have a question. Do you think he knew what that song was? Or he had not listened to it yet? I've I've watched the movie so many times I never figured out whether he, like, go judging oh, by, I'm going like, to listen to the loser song right now. Yeah, I think he just have it and he never I think that's yet? the vibe they're trying to trying to, like, relay is that he chose to stay in, you know, on the West Coast. He chose to stay with his family. Yeah. He chose to, he like chose to be there for mm. his daughter, and like that's what he was like listening to that, that song to remind him why he didn't take the Boston job. You know, it's like, well, I can just keep working with this team and be near my daughter, and you know, keep growing that relationship. <laughs> Nick, worst part of the movie? The worst part. For me, I'll just say I don't know. I don't mind the girl too much. I, I think what? It, no, it doesn't. Especially that scene. I don't know. It, Flaming hot tea. You're just that's because as a, <laughs> as a father of a daughter now, Oof. you've just gone soft. Oof. You've gone soft. That's true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, my worst part is, and it's, it's not the whole scene, but that game where you know Hatterberg hits the game-winning home run. There's parts of it that I just that just start to lose me. It starts to feel very like the angels in the outfield. Well, it, almost like senior, like like someone's like senior project, and they're just using all the effects for for no reason. <laughs> like they just start to they just start all these like flashbacks and and like like silent action shots, and it just gets yeah. a little too trippy for me. And then like it seems like when they hit the home, when they have the home run, it like. And then it feels like anticlimactic, and like that is a great moment. Like, don't get me wrong. It just, I don't know. It gets a little too weird for yeah. me. That's my that's my worst thing. That. And that's not that. even that bad of a thing. It's hard. For, I I I struggled to think of yeah. something. I had to come up with something. That's probably what I would. Yeah. Say, Micah, our esteemed guest, worst part of the movie that you picked. So I I agree with the the daughter thing. Obviously, that's kind of boring though. So I'll go with a little bit more of a spicy take. Uh, the worst part of this movie is, I mean, I'll try to move away from Nick, is baseball. Ooh. <laughs> uh, baseball, it just, some of the parts were a little long with the, the actual games, and I found myself less interested in the actual 
games and the thought process picking into players and yeah. and the process behind it than the actual like oh now they're playing and it's like all right this is fine but it's yeah. it's not that interesting to me so i mean i actually kind of agree with well, you to be honest like to just like jump into a clip of a baseball game that I'm not invested in at all. I mean, as much as I like the game, I you know I don't I could care less. Yeah, I, agree. I think that's I'm here to watch baseball analytics stuff yeah. and talk. Like that's uh, so why I think where I, I you know I don't have the romanticism of baseball as someone that never played it. Like the closest thing I have is like the Sandlot when the fireworks are going off. Like that's the best baseball moment <laughs> from my childhood. So. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I don't I don't really have that background in it, so that's where it kind of loses me a little bit. But like, gotcha. obviously, it's yeah. kind of like, this is still a great movie. I still like the baseball parts, but in the scheme of things, baseball the daughter is only and, good when it's being played by a bunch of a bunch of kids with Ray Charles playing in the background and the fireworks. <laughs> I wouldn't around. say only, but it's just it's just not it doesn't do it for me as much, I guess. America, it's America's pastime. Mike and I actually watched it together. <laughs> I said to Mike, I just I wish this movie was about Sam Hinkie and the Sixers and their analytics uh, experiment rather than a baseball version. But, but that wouldn't exist without Billy Bean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ball, so yeah. it's yeah. it's you know this was the foundation. This is yeah, this is important, and it kind of that's that ending scene really kind of ties into everything that happened with the process. Is, exactly, is that Billy Bean was kind of kicking it off. Exactly. And isn't isn't the process okay? Not to totally get off the rails, but the process is more of like a tank intentionally so that you get good draft picks. While no, the analytics no, thing is more no, like no, metrics is more a, like a such a boomer that's, that's, that's like the most like simplistic understanding of it. Not to go like full relitigation of the broadcast uh, of the process, but um, broadcast. We'll keep the podcast moving. We'll get into the par- the process when the uh, the process movie is released someday. Let's move into cut a scene out of scene before I get any more heated right now. Cut a scene out of scene for our regret guests. <laughs> so we cut a scene out of the movie and then we add a new scene in. I'll just keep that short for Rudy's sake because I love Rudy and I understand how how much pain he goes through every time I, <laughs> I relay the rules. But we'll go back around snake draft style again. Micah, what scene are you cutting? What scene are you adding? So again, cut out some of the daughter scene. Like I get the part like where they're eating ice cream. Like, is he gonna lose his job? That's fine. But like the guitar scene, like yeah, just that whole section kind of gone. Even the awkward, the awkward in law. Like <laughs> you know, that's like kind of the the ex wife. Like it's kind of <laughs> funny, but like yeah. it's it's. I don't know that it really moves the movie forward. More on that to come. Okay. But what I'm adding in then is I want like another, I want a little bit more Peter Brand explaining to Billy Bean what what he's doing. Because I think there's the part where they're in the office and then they go out to the parking garage and then he calls them up later. And I want just another like session where they're really breaking it down and they're saying nerd out this is this is how we get to the number that matters is on base percentage how do we get there is that's the number so i think like just a little bit more of that analytic side and i like that throughout the whole movie but that's specific you want a like, scene where it just it goes switches to like just a, the the screenshot screen share of his desktop where he's on excel and you're just not, looking at his not, code not that he uses share, for his you know, excel give me, give me a good whiteboard session you know <laughs> they're drawing it out you know they're excited well, several like voiceovers it. where you're just 
scrolling through pictures of players and numbers yeah. and little mini and it's clips. like explaining some of the fallacies of why that other stuff isn't as, you know, impactful and, and okay. predictive as people think. And, you know, understanding those underlying metrics, I think, would be where, you know, where I'd add to the movie. Because, again, that's that's what I enjoy in the movie. Yeah. So The nerd stuff. It might, yeah, it might not make a better, like, piece of cinema, <laughs> but... It makes a more appealing movie for Micah Smith. Definitely, definitely. Nick, worst. Or no, where are no, we? No cut. Cut. Nick, cut. Cut a scene out of scene. Take where are we? Who am I? I mean, I would probably cut out all the daughter and um, ex-wife stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I do actually kind of like that. Nick's that on awkward. team. Cut out all emotional <laughs> slash family scenes from every movie. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I think it. It adds to the story of Billy Bean and just you know his the issues that he had. Um, I think I think it adds gravity to the yeah. to the stakes of it of like why it's risky yeah. doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. but just his per, you know his personality. I mean, he really did have you know just a lot of I don't know I can't even remember if he had alcohol issues. I mean, he he had a lot of issues. Um, but in some ways, he was actually kind of a sensitive guy, and he he actually once said that baseball is a sport that um, does not have. I'm trying to let me see, phrase it right. Essentially, the intelligence threshold is so much lower than other sports. He's like, you can just be like a lame, um, well, not lame, <laughs> but you can, you can basically be an idiot and be pretty you know a pretty good player in some ways he felt like he was too sensitive and and stuff got in his head and he couldn't figure it out and he kind of carried and he kind of carried that into his general manager career and you know he had players who were just you know he just like couldn't understand how they were successful and they just i don't know i'm rambling but trim that down to the (laughs) so so (laughs) the summation is cut the family oh nonsense yeah. yeah 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 add in I would add in um, the 2002 draft because that's a really big scene. That's actually kind of the climax of the book, um, and, it, and it would also be like another kind of co- like war room, like conference call. I'd love to see like more interaction with like he's drafting a player and he's got those like you know old, yeah. those like traditional scouts yeah. in the room. Another big deal in that draft was where they they, they draft um, Jeremy Brown, who, if you remember, he's that chubby kid that hits like a home run in that last oh. scene. They draft him, and they were all. That was one of the biggest. Um, that was one of the most controversial moves of that draft because they were all like, "Nah, he's chubby. He can't," you know. And I, I think that would be a great. I think that'd be a great scene, man. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, they also drafted a. The they, the book highlighted Nick Swisher. Yes. Who was like this oh, yeah. super bubbly like personality he would have been great in a movie you know like yeah. he was the he was even more person had more personality than giambi yeah sean cut a scene add a scene it sounds similar but um do it you won't my add a scene uh is anything with the deals i want more deals i want more boardrooms um of all the gms talking on the phone mm-hmm. uh i feel like that's the most um electric part of the movie is just the high stakes that they have with um moving players and money and uh just the the bluffing that billy has to do and um i'm cutting any any scene with the daughter or wife um i don't want to know anything about his personal life (laughs) yes and uh 
you know, usually I'm the guy that adds that stuff. I hope she but, doesn't uh, find this podcast. With this movie, I feel like it's so business-oriented with, you know, the business is baseball and how are we changing this team and i feel like maybe that's surprising the, the coming writer. from you sean usually you're you're like i'm the sentimental person sentimental yeah stuff. for some yeah, reason yeah, sorkin just did sorkin did not write this you know these parts i think very well <laughs> <laughs> well normally he's pretty good at that but yeah. um i felt like maybe i don't know i haven't read the book so i don't know if there was a big component of his marriage and his daughter in the book and he was trying to to add those in sometimes i think it's awkward like she calls him after they win the the 19 games and are going on 20 and yeah it's just <laughs> yeah you did good it's just awkward <laughs> one word cool. and then going over to the house and this talk. talking like micah said with uh the um stepfather it's just like such an awkward time and i feel like it's like it's too much like real life i still want to be in the romanticism of, of the baseball yeah. Yeah, guys, that guy was funny. Definitely. No sentimental nonsense in any movie, ever. <laughs> it's my firm stance. Rudy, cut a scene, add a scene. Do you want me to remind you how to do it again? No, I got it. Um, okay. <clears throat> we might have the first unanimous cut a scene <laughs> in this concept <laughs> history. <laughs> because I am for sure cutting those scenes out. This movie, as much as... Brad Pitt is like the magnet for this movie and everything's like about him. I don't think this movie's about Brad Pitt. This or Billy Bean rather. So like we don't need to know more about Billy Bean's life. It's been said. Yeah. That's all I have to say. So any scene with her, really any scene with the wife, don't need it. Yeah. yeah. In its place. I've thought about this a little bit and <laughs> my biases are gonna come out, but I wanna see some George Steinbrenner in this movie. Ooh. And <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's crazy Larry David, George Steinbrenner. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be. It's got to be Larry David Steinbrenner. Well done, George. But I think you could actually take the guy who played uh, the deuce in Ford vs. Ferrari, who played Henry Ford II. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, he would be, be like, fun. you could just give him some like lifts, make him a little taller, a little more imposing, and he could have been a great George Steinbrenner. Mm. Just have him. I dig that. I don't, know. I don't know what the scene is, but just some scene where he's, you know, Maybe he like wine and dines Billy Bean for something like to get an inside <laughs> scoop or something. I don't know. I dig it. I dig it. That now that's creative <laughs> thinking. I love it. Um, so for my cut a scene out of scene, I'm actually gonna break the streak. I'm not cutting the family Ooh. stuff, <gasps> and I'll tell Dude. you why in a minute because we're gonna get to recast and roll, and then it's really gonna things are really gonna start heating up. <laughs> but cutting a scene out of scene, I'm sort of a little bit with Nick on the worst part of the ending. Like, they're just, like, sort of drawn out. Mm-hmm. I feel like the ending just goes yeah. on for a long time. And there's, like, a lot, like, afterward where he goes to, like, Boston and, like, all that stuff. And it's, like, it's fine. You get the impression of, like, it gives a little more behind the scenes of, like, his motivation be- for doing what he did and thinking differently and all that stuff. But there's just a lot of fat there that I feel like can get trimmed yeah. down. So I'm going to cut out a few scenes from there, cut out a few scenes from there. I'm actually adding more family stuff, and here's why. <laughs> family stuff. I like the awkward d- dynamic with the the new uh, boyfriend <laughs> to his wife or whatever new husband for his wife, his ex-wife or whatever the situation is there. I like the awkward dynamic. I'm going to make it even more awkward. I'm t- pulling out Spike Jones, who was acts as the boyfriend, 
and we're going to transition right into recast the role here. I'm recasting that role with the one and only Wayne Knight. When <laughs> Wayne Knight is the new boyfriend, we're adding more family scenes. I want more interaction. Yes. I'm getting interaction between Wayne Knight and Brad Pitt. Just solid, awkward, awkward scenes of talking about like cell phones and you know other you know raising a ch- raising children things. So, bro. Is this is this becoming a Wayne Knight podcast? <laughs> it might be. It might be. It might be. That's a great take. I love that take. <laughs> so that's that's my recaster role. That would make this a bring your daughter to work movie. day. What if you so like? So what scene would you cut to add that? I told you I'm cutting some of the some ending, of the, ending, uh, okay. ending, right. ending right. stuff right. out. Gotcha. I don't know. Like maybe there's a scene where his wife, his ex-wife, and her and her new husband Wayne Knight come to a baseball game, and he, like sees them in the stadium or something. Or maybe when she calls him in the car, it's on speakerphone, and Wayne Knight's in the background, like telling her to ask him stuff. So like, we just want like Moneyball plus Seinfeld. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> think about it. If we're not getting, even. Uh, well, if we have Steinbrenner, yeah, we're getting yeah. the Larry David Steinbrenner in there too. Why not? <laughs> well, Wayne Knight has already proven to be. Great in a at, a at a baseball stadium exactly. in Space Jam. Yes. So exactly <laughs> connection. So I think I've broken the rules before. I'm about to break the rules again. I don't want to recast anybody. Everyone's perfectly cast. <sighs> Fat Jonah Hill, perfect. Lady Killer Brad Pitt, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of recasting somebody, I want to add somebody who I think was missing from this movie, mentioned three or four times. But the whole uh, catalyst for this movie, Bill James. Mm. Okay, Bill James, the original author of the Baseball Abstract in 1977. He is the guy who pioneered this whole sabermetrics phenomenon, and he doesn't—he doesn't have a single single second of screen time in this movie. So (laughs) his face is shown in a picture on like Mm -hmm. two frames. Okay, he had one single second in this movie, (laughs) and I think he needs a little bit more. So I'm throwing him in there and i think rob reiner would play a pretty good bill james he could be kind of quirky and uh, get the I beard going and just be this uh weird uh did he die monkish... rob reiner no his dad died oh, oh carl right. reiner so uh so that's well, yeah i think uh bill james really deserves to be in this movie more he's really in the book a lot because he is like the godfather i think they devote like a couple chapters to him he's like the godfather of I like Saber that. I, like that I almost feel like he could have played himself. <laughs> Bring him in as a self self hmm. cameo role. I think like I love the I love the idea of someone playing themselves. I think in a movie with good actors, it's like super obvious. <laughs> yeah. Especially that this person does not like it'd be too you'd be too old. Yeah. CGI him. <laughs> Sean, what do you got for us for recast a role? For recast a role, it's more of a it's a little off uh, Rudy's, but the voice character of Ice T um, coming over towards the end of the movie and explaining uh, baseball, yes. I thought a really good replacement would be James Earl Jones and his magnetic voice. I love it, John. I didn't know. That. I was throw, so Where's, thrown off wait, by the Ice T thing. Ice T's voiceover. It's towards the end of the movie. Like towards the end of the movie, right after. Uh, right when yeah. it's getting a little emotional, you just got Ice T coming in there hot <laughs> and uh i think james earl jones would have really? had a nice i just yeah how did i miss that i would have liked him to have a whole narration towards the end of maybe bringing up um you know where, where that 
It's a Sandlot where connection. that uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Sandlot connection. Then you've got um, you can take out that awful song and have uh, James Earl Jones just narrate the end of what actually happened and the revolution that he started. <laughs> I think he should James Earl Jones should sing so. that. You're such a loser, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's my play. I can't. I cannot, for the life of me, remember any scene with an iced tea voiceover in it. I don't know why I'm just like completely blanking on that. Maybe the version that we watched didn't have that in. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look that up. You definitely had it in. You can't approach baseball from a statistical bean counting point of view. It's one on the field with fundamental play. You have to steal. You have to bunt. You have to sacrifice. You got to get men in scoring position, and then you got to bring them in. And you don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks. Nobody reinvents this game. Hey, Steve, voiceover. It's there, bro. It's there. Thanks right. for backing me up, Rudy. Nick, recast the role for us. So, from and I and I agree that a lot of the. Um, I can't. Sorry, I can't remember who said it. A lot of these roles are pretty good, so it, this is hard. But I think the one that I would go with, I, I kind of have a weird reason. Um, so Art Howe, the manager, who, by the way, I actually was reading about his life. He actually had COVID and recovered. Just shout out to shout to Art. Shout out to Art. Yeah, he's seventy three. Good work, Art. Um, so he was actually very. Um, uh, he did not like the way he was portrayed in the movie. He he felt as though he wasn't actually that much as much of a hardline kind of traditionalist as Philip Seymour Hoffman's character was. So, but I kind of think that he plays a good role because I kind of think the movie needs like a villain yeah. in a way. So I would just say like why why not just like up take that like you know tra- crusty traditionalist to like the extreme. So I would say bring in Nick Nolte. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And just that. like get him really like, I'm also gonna do. I'm also going to invent a new segment where we take an f bomb and give <laughs> it to a different player. A <laughs> <laughs> this guy comes on our pod and invents segments for us. So I say you take Brad Pitt's f bomb in the beginning, which I don't know if I feel weird saying. Yeah. It's kind of a lame f bomb. Like I don't know if that, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> poor, poor just a poor, just didn't quite land for me. <laughs> I thought it was good. No, ah, didn't just just didn't quite. Anyway, I'd love to hear, and I'd love to hear that. I love Nick Nolte as Art Howe, and he just like drops the f bomb at some point. I'd love right. to see that. Right. That'd be a, a, a f bomb well spent. Well, here's a question for you. All these, I mean, all these guys. It was the same with uh, Leo Beebe and Ford versus Ferrari last week. That he also disputed his uh, or his family disputed his uh, portrayal. portrayal in the oh. movie. So this is like a. This, I mean, and. Or that was two weeks ago, but last week with, uh, you know, all these guys that were in the social network as well. They each had, you know, Sean Parker. Each of these guys had something to say. But um, would you rather, if you were going to be portrayed in the movie and they're turning you into the antagonist, would you rather be turned into an antagonist and have, you know, a a high caliber actor like Philip Seymour Hoffman play you, or would you rather be a good guy and have just like a rando, no name, poor actor play you? I think I'd rather have a big name. You'd rather be the villain and have a big name actor. Oh, easily. I, f- I don't know. I feel like it actually probably, like, changes the way people look at you in real life. Yeah, right. You know, like, if someone who knows you and then or, like, kind of knows you and then sees the movie and they're like, oh, yeah, maybe he really is a jerk. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. 
So it, yeah. I'd is it better to be? I guess the question really boils down to: Is it better to be infamous or forgotten? Forgotten. Forgotten for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Live low like key. Finish uh, off the recaster roll for kinda us. I'm kind of struggling with the recaster roll. Like I think I think Rudy's is really good, um, but. I was following in kind of Nick's line of casting a villain and turning the owner into a villain Ooh. because of he's like too cheap because he's a rich guy but doesn't want to spend any more money. So I put uh, Alec Baldwin in that role, Ooh. like a guy you just kind of love to hate. Yeah. So like he's like just a hateable face. Billy Bean comes and say, "I need an extra, you know, I need a little bit more money. Just want to get, you know, Raccoon or whoever it is." And and Baldwin's like, "Sorry, you know." He's pinching pennies, so I think that would be kind of real, an interesting dynamic a little bit. But I'd probably – I kind of like the way it is now, I think, more than that just because yeah. you still want Billy Bean to stay in Oakland. So if, if Baldwin's the owner and you hate him too much and he stays, you'd yeah. probably be a little disappointed. Yeah, exactly. So It's got to mm. be that balance. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, recast the role, I just want to uh, sort of parlay into a, a new segment that's really just a segment that we've always done, but – Think about just just take a moment to think about what if Nick Cage was the main played the main character in this movie. <laughs> How Dude, would I think it would work? How <laughs> would it work? Im- Nick Cage no. is Billy Bean. No way. I, I definitely think it would work. I think if Nick Cage played Billy Bean and serious, like just turned it like two notches more serious. We're gonna steal Scott treasure. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah. but it's like Benjamin Gates. He's like he's Scott. so smart, but he's he's viewed as like this crazy guy in the. The yeah. academic Ooh. community. It's the Ooh. same thing. Yeah. Like, he really knows what he's talking about, but no one actually respects him. Perfect. They'd have to fix the hairline a little bit, though. I think they'd have to just bring it down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you're out on the Nick Cage, Billy Bean impression or performance? Yeah, I'm not. See- I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that at all. <laughs> not even a little part of you wants to see it. I don't want Nick it? Cage deep down inside. I don't want Nick Cage in every single one of these movies. Well, I guess we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to disagree. We're gonna have to disagree. Agree to disagree on that one because I do want Nick Cage in every single movie. Maybe Nick Cage could have been Art Howe. Or what? Art Howe. Is that the, oh. the manager? Yeah. yeah. That would no. be even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Oh, Nick Cage is the scouting guy? That would be kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll end that the Nick Cage segment there. But Still trying to find a way to put Nick Cage in every movie. How am I not in that movie? Moving on to miscellaneous questions. I got a few. Does anyone else have some? We I know we talked off. about this off you know, off the air, but uh, he wears a ring the whole time, but you never see his... You think he's divorced, but he's wearing a ring? What's up with that? So, yeah, he... There was a deleted scene where he actually remarries. Um, I don't remember much more than that. That's a strange deleted but scene. But I think they just... They yeah. just cut that it's out. Explained it, in a deleted scene. And then it just, just it just doesn't out. make sense. Like without knowing that it's context, true, it's just like, why is he wearing a ring if he's yeah. clearly not, not with it? And then the other thing that I had written down: Do we see more Brad Pitt driving in Moneyball or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> he is driving Ooh. a lot in this movie. I mean, do that's we, really the best use of Brad Pitt in anything. It's just eating him driving, and driving, eating and driving. Are we going to talk about how he goes to that like? shipyard and is just like driving this donuts <laughs> for this like donuts. no reason i mean that's how you let loose right you just go to shipyards and do donuts i don't know what you call that yeah i, I think isn't that the same place that mythbusters does all their don't look that 
about. Like an abandoned airstrip. <laughs> <laughs> can uh, can we talk about yeah. how this movie's all time for uh, quotes in a movie? Ooh. Mike has already alluded to "adapt or die." That's a great quote. <laughs> the quote: "I hate losing more than I want to win." Yes, <laughs> that's that's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> and uh, when he's in the when he's trying to like recruit Hatterberg to play first, he's got that like you know baseball uh, the uh, I don't know if he's like the infielders coach with him. He's like tell him you know so and so it's not that hard. Playing, his name. playing first base isn't that hard. And he's like it's incredibly yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly hard. One of my favorites is when he's like they he's in the the meeting with Peter Brand and they're like pitching the uh, pitching them on these like you know low budget players. And he's like naming guy, naming Hattenberg or whoever, and someone mm-hmm. in the room is like, "Who?" And Brad Pitt's like, "Exactly." He sounds like an Oakland A's already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one liners like, are great. Full of great. I read something I thought was interesting was that those scouts, a lot of them, I, I know some, a lot of them are real actors, but a lot of them are actual real scouts because apparently they just went in and watched them work to kind of get ideas. And apparently they just saw those guys and they thought they were so good. They're like, "We're just gonna film them." That's awesome. Dude, they look like scouts. Yeah, <laughs> those guys yeah, look like they're they, on the road like two hundred forty days a year, <laughs> eating Denny's, like random, random high schools. It's constantly spitting sunflower seeds. What would you guys think about that? Uh, that snack slash break room in the in the dugout in the clubhouse, just like yeah. all the cereal, all the mach- cereal you could have, the ice cream machine. You had protein bars. It was just like. Fully stocked all the time. I noticed that too, actually, for the first time, and I wonder because it's that's after that's after Billy Bean says they're going to start, um, they're not going to start charging them for soda. So I don't know if they had that before, and that was just like an an added thing to help morale in with that trade deal. That's always been like I I remember like when I was playing baseball, thinking about the professional teams that like. They just have buckets of gum. Like, every game, if you look at the dugout, like, they're just buckets of gum. Yeah. And they, like, change out their gum every inning, you know? Like, they'll go in, they'll come out, they'll spit out the gum. They're just, like, reckless with their <laughs> seeds. Word. They'll just throw them all over the place. The light. So I got a, bu- I got a few questions here that we can hit on. These are, like, pretty rapid-fire answers, though, but uh, just just want to get, get your guys' thoughts on them. <laughs> it's gonna sound like I'm obsessed with Alan, who is the or his ex-wife's new boyfriend. And I am a little bit. It's just extremely interesting. But what does Alan do for a living? That he got the expensive yes. house at the infinity pool. Dude, I looked that up because I wanted to know. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a real guy. That's not a real guy. <laughs> Darn. It, I think it's like based, he's got tech money. Yeah, tech money based on a real guy. But that's Silicon Valley tech money. Yeah, the the internet bubble, yeah, Oakland, early, San Francisco. Uh, investor in PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in PayPal mafia. Checks out, checks out. Okay, glad glad we cleared that one up. Still thinking about Alan. Probably be thinking about Alan when I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> How's the team shaping? Uh, <laughs> here's my next question. Do you think Brad Pitt still wears any of his wardrobe items from this movie? Dude, some of those, dude, some that of hoodie, those that hoodie that he wears when he jogs around the stadium. The hoodie, the tightened up hoodie, the baggy, swishy sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, he's, he took it is funny closet. when you do see him wear that suit in the one scene during opening day or something like that. It is just like this, that, and like he's taking it off the second immediately. Day. Yeah, that kind of leads into something I wrote down, which was like it almost seems like I don't know if they were trying to do this and then they just they were kind of made a contingency plan 
it almost has the appearance that he's like kicked out of home and he's actually living in his car like you know in the stadium yeah just the way he's like walking around in jogger pants <laughs> or like there's that scene where for some reason for no reason he's just shaving as yeah. at his desk yeah i don't know if there it was just like shows he's committed to the grind <laughs> showing how committed he well is i think that's another team. question that i have is like <laughs> What are they working on? Like this whole like it kind of seems like they're just like hanging out. And, like I get the trade deadline, but like, <laughs> what, do what else are they do? doing? Like once you have yeah, the team dude. together, like, are you really grinding these eighty-hour weeks, like hundred-hour weeks of like film and yeah. like, or is it just like? Because it's kind of like there's always these papers on his desk, and like Peter Brand seems like he's working, but like, <laughs> like what is Billy Bean actually? Is like, he seems driving around more, working out more than actually. It's probably a lot thinking, of minor, a lot of thinking stuff. going on. I, I think guess. it's like the same as like a port. It's the same as like a portfolio manager, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like that's true. Managing assets, <laughs> making sure they're still there. <laughs> He's reading <laughs> a lot. That's true. Gotta check. Yeah, it was weird. So the guy Peter Brand was actually based off a real guy, Paul De Podesta. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why they changed his name. Everyone else's name got to be the. I think real they person. said it was. He it did was not, sort of like an yeah. aggregate of like actually like a few people. Paul De Podesta, who is actually now with the Browns, is like chief strategy or yeah. something with the Browns. But as like a, there are like three or I was looking it up last night. There are like three or four different people that were sort of consolidated into that yeah. one. He didn't want his name in the movie. Yeah, it's interesting too that that De Podesta went to Harvard, but Brand went to Yale. Yeah, so like they totally changed everything. Just a little, little yeah. tweaks. Well, but yeah, I think that's that's one of the highlights. I mean, circling back to my question, my miscellaneous question, one of the highlights in the movie is seeing Brad Pitt in just like normal dude clothes, just kind of <laughs> kind of funny because silky polos. Brad, yeah, Brad Pitt isn't wearing just like workout shirts, like like. Dry fit, <laughs> golf shirts in real life. Still looks, still looks great. Still makes them look great though. Last, uh, my last miscellaneous question is, and Mike had brought this up as well when we were watching it, but where is his daughter going on an airplane by herself, like every weekend? I, Africa. I thought that too. The tech money. Because don't they both live in the Greater Bay Area? Well, that was the weird thing. Because I thought she just catching a PJ back to Alan's house. Very yeah. strange. Well, I thought that that was the thing. Like they live somewhere else. But then the one scene it shows him driving to pick her up. He like go, drives to their house to pick her and up. And she doesn't want him to move because he's close, yeah. kind of. Dude, it's a classic Inception grandpa <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> is Brad Pitt what really her deal? dad? <laughs> is this actually America? <laughs> is Moneyball all a dream? <laughs> is Peter Brand actually a person, or is it just an aspect of Brad Pitt's personality? <laughs> Where's that North? There's gotta be some deleted scene or something they left On that out note, that explains that. Explain, explains the constant plane yeah. rides. I don't know. They just needed Special her. Features. They just need those goodbye scenes being between her and Brad Pitt. <laughs> Well, it's time to uh, wrap this up. But before we do, let's ask the most important question of them all. Is this movie in your top 20? Micah. Is this a short answer or a long answer? I mean, if you want it. 
do a long answer you can i guess i don't know it's i just really think just like a yes or no question but well yeah i think it definitely is and i just think like going back to all the stuff we talked about that montage in the middle where they start winning and they're like sitting down with all those guys and like giving them these different strategy points like yeah. the conference call with the trade the first time he talks to peter brand like all that's even at that last scene where he talks about what are we doing here like battling the old guard with the scouts like there's so many good parts of this that are just like good stretches that you just really you know enjoy and like you know you can bring up on youtube and just watch a you know five minute clip of it and it's just like yeah you, this is this is awesome fired up to do your job yep. yeah your so, cube job. I, this is definitely my top 20 top 10 yeah i would say so top five <gasps> Whoa! I don't know. I'd have to write that out. I'd have to write it out, Nick. Top ten. Is it top? Is it top twenty for you? It is. It is top twenty. Ooh, another top twenty. Are we? Is it gonna get across the board? <laughs> top ten? I actually in my list that I have, it's top fifteen. Top fifteen. I don't. I don't go. I go tiers. Yeah. yeah. So in that five, ten, it's in that. It's in that ten to fifteen tier. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Sean. It, it is not in the top 20. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, how low do we have to go with the number before it finally gets in? Uh, 30? 40? 50? I feel like top 70. 70? 70, he says. Not That's enough emotion. Not a, yeah, not enough. Not in, didn't, didn't get enough Oscar noms. So what you guys think of me? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we know, we know you have high taste. You're sophisticated. You're sophisticated. It's not a bad thing. You're just classier <laughs> than the rest of us. Thought the script was good. I was I was like I was like two minutes away from rewatching Transformers last night before I went to bed. <laughs> oh my god. Rudy, top twenty. This one's tricky. It's probably top five sports movie. But not top, top twenty. 20 top twenty episodes. Is that next week? Next week. I'll do it. I'll throw it in there. I'll ooh, throw it in top ooh, 20. Throwing it in the top 20. There you go, Rudy. It is not currently in my it. top 20 either. Hmm. It might be top 30, though. Just purely Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt, who is in my top five actors. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, before we wrap it up, uh, like Rudy mentioned, next week is will be our 20th episode of Loose Concepts. So we're going to be breaking down not a specific movie, but just each of our original the original trio each of our top 20s lists and just trying to see where where things came in at and see what where the overlaps are currently yeah could change once tenet comes out could change once dune comes out could change once sky sharks (laughs) (laughs) comes out who knows who knows or the uh were we going to talk about sam hinkey I hate to bring that up again. Oh, that's no, right. No, we didn't, didn't no, bring it up. No. <laughs> He's got to go to bed. I was, was going to throw it into my cut a scene, out a scene. I was just going to cut the whole movie and just add a, a new movie of, of the <laughs> process instead, where it was just Brad Pitt now, playing this Sam is, This is the, the Moneyball cinematic universe is what we need. The mm, MCU. Yes. Mm, yeah. So when they do make the process movie, exactly. Brad Pitt as Billy Bean is in it, and he comes along and meets Sam Hinkie, and is like, dude, just keep riding it out, man. Exactly. Trust the process. Nick Cage would play a good Sam Hinkie. The hairline. <laughs> hairline it's pretty hairline similar. Lines up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, real quick plug for the, the Pony Express. Email us. Any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns at looseconceptpod at gmail.com. 
we didn't get anything in the last week because the interns <laughs> were slacking off. But hopefully, hopefully we'll start getting some feedback in there and we can uh, hit on some listener questions. So. All right, everybody, follow us on Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. And uh, remember to, above all else, always keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keep it, loose. Keep it conceptual. Keep it conceptual.